0: Extremely lucky to have. Um, really, I think be a fascinating evening. Uh, we have uh, Daniel Jatta uh, from the Gambia. Uh, Daniel is a, a Jola scholar of uh, Senegambian musical instruments and their relationship to musical instruments in the New World, and particularly the banjo, a subject he's been researching as he was just telling. and myself for almost 40 years, um, and. I met Daniel at a, at, at a workshop project that's uh, been involved in the Gambia for a couple of years now and um, as soon as I met Daniel it was clear to me that this was a project which had been so integral to his work and, and also I think more largely it speaks to a very important theme I think in post-colonial Africa, something which Amil kar of Guinea-Bissau made clear in his work in the 60s that to, to, for a genuine Generally, independent post postcolonial Africa, you have to start with the revalorization of culture, and that's something which, as we'll hear tonight, Daniel has been extremely involved. Uh, and then we have Lucy Duran, Lucy, who probably needs no introduction to most people here. Has been one of the amazing driving forces in bringing Mandé music and, and West African music in general to a global audience. Has been involved in so many projects, different projects, recording projects in, in West Africa. And the world related to Mandé music, so a lecturer here at So It really is a matchmaking heaven, and uh, like all good matchmakers, I'm not going to say
1: Well, thank you all. Um, having uh, said that, Toby introduced me as someone with a very strong background in in Mandy music, and that's absolutely true. And you would then immediately ask, well, what's the connection between? Mande music and Jola music and why am I here to introduce Daniel Jatta Um, and I guess uh, we need to sort of go back to, and we'll be talking about this Daniel and I, but um, we need to sort of, I'd like to take you back to when I first became involved in Mande music, specifically Mandinka music, the music of the (coughs) cora, it was the cora that first drew me to West Africa and to West Africa music. And actually I first came across the Korah in this very building, purely by accident. Heard it, fell in love with it, saved up money, gave up my job and went to the Gambia. And in the Gambia I stayed in a series of quite small villages in the interior. And those villages were uh, at least 50% Jola. And the Jola are... uh, are very different people from the Mandé, although they've coexisted um, peacefully and not so peacefully, and they've been oppressed, etc. Which we will talk about for, for centuries. But they've coexisted in this area, and they've mutually influenced each other. And I would, in fact, say that the style of music from uh, of the chora from southern Senegal, from the region uh, known as Casamance. Uh, and, from the, and from the Gambia, is very deeply influenced by Jola music. So, that's the background, really, and I think that to, 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 to my involvement and my view of, of Jola music, which I'm sorry to say that I've neglected as a scholar, but which I have always loved, and my love of, of Jola music starts with an incredible Jola drumming, you know, this instrument called the Bugarabu, which is the, uh, Daniel says it's the top drumming um, culture of West Africa, and I tend to agree. And maybe later on we'll see some. Uh, we'll, I'll find an example on the internet for you. But let's start. I'd like to start with playing. I hope this works. I'd like to start with playing an example. Actually, would you? I mean, I'd like to start with playing an example of uh, Danielle. Um, he, Danielle is performing here with the great, the renowned American banjo player called Bella Fleck. And, and this is from the album which is called Throw Down Your Heart, which won a Grammy. And in it, Bella Fleck is, Fleck is trying to make connections with, uh, between the banjo of the Americas and the, the banjo in Africa. And so this is what he recorded with Danielle and Danielle's family. a uh, very serious scholar, someone who, um, well, let me just tell you briefly that uh, his father was uh, an accounting player, but he didn't learn it when he was growing up, um, that is to say Daniel didn't learn it when, when he was growing up. Instead, he went into business studies, and he spent um, a couple of years in South Carolina, North Carolina, and, and then finally he did an MBA in Atlanta, Georgia, and that's where he first... Came across the banjo, so let's take it from there, Danielle. So you're in the America, you're in America, you're in the southern USA, uh, the 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 area where the banjo <coughs> was a, a celebrated instrument, and you had a realization that the banjo was really an African instrument.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you very much for the introduction. Um, As they said, my name is Daniel Piata from the Gambia. And in the 70s, I was selected by my government to study economics and finance. That was how I was able to appear in the United States because during my high school, we had no university. So the developed world like Britain, America, Russia used to send funds to these developing countries to select students, to send them abroad to study. And that was how I was fortunately selected to go to the states, to study finance and economics, to come back to Gambia to work for my years school. Until year 2000, the history of the Banjo was written in a false document or false information. Despite the fact that all the people who went to the Caribbean countries first, because the banjo started in the Caribbean countries before it came to mainland America, which is USA. What they saw in the plantations were African-Americans or enslaved Africans playing and dancing to a loot they were making. This went up to two hundred years before it came to America. In 1670, the colonial French masters issued a ban in Suriname of slaves playing to the music and dancing to the music of the band. The first mention of a banjo-like instrument in the Caribbean countries was in 1654. The banjo came to the America mainland America, in the 1700s. When I studied in the States and came across the culture of the banjo, which America claimed to be its original and only folk culture, I saw the facts. I reflect back to my father's instrument. I said, no, this cannot be possible. In 1947, Alan Lomax declared the banjo as the only original folk culture of the United States. In the 1920s, the whole culture of the banjo was transformed to be a bluegrass banjo, just to deny the African heritage. I said, this cannot go on. I sacrificed my MBA, I was working with the corporate world, work for my government, Then, in 1984, I left the corporate world, went back to Gambia to study this instrument, thoroughly from my father to make sure whatever I did in my desperate side for two years in the United States, whether it was right or wrong. When I left the United States, I went with this picture to my father. This is one of the oldest picture we have on the banjo in the Caribbean countries from Haiti. It's called the bansa, and it is in a Paris museum. The only non-real gold banjo that was bought from the slaves in the Caribbean countries is in a Paris museum. It's called the banza, and it looks like this. You can take a look or a chance to travel to France and see for yourself. When I showed this to my father, he constructed this instrument for me, which is called the etoumphine in the culture of music and For two years, I struggled because, as she said, I never bothered to learn this instrument from my father. Why? There was a reason. When I started school, it was the missionaries who had a school in my village. My school was way from the capital, my village. And to go to this school, you have to be a Christian. That was how I became Daniel. But my original name is When I went to school, I was not taught my culture. Everything in my culture was primitive, according to the books I was reading. So I couldn't learn this from my father, although he was always asking us to learn this. But when I came back in 1984, after my MBA, and I said, I want to recite this instrument, he laughed and told me, you are now a mature person. He taught me how to play it, how to construct it, and the whole history. When I came back with this instrument to the new world, the whole world was shocked. In the year 2000, when I finished my research, they said I fabricated this instrument. For two years, the Euro-American scholars, because they never heard of me, they never knew me. They said I was in America for 15 years. I fabricated an instrument to fool the wall to make money. This was a big shock to the, to the institution in Sweden that sponsored my research for 10 years because they could not understand. But I told them, with time, The facts will speak for themselves. Why is this instrument rejected? Because all the renowned scholars of the Western world, who are called Banjo scholars, got this instrument as the father of the Banjo for almost 40 years. And the theories were so ingrained to the people that To tell them this was wrong was just like to kill them, because these were from renowned scholars, which I can understand. But, my friends, uh, the facts we were looking for, if you are an honest researcher, you must go by authentic and empirical facts, not only theoretical facts. The banjo culture was not a mental conception. real history and to philosophize it without any concrete evidence is nonsense to me so i said let's go to your facts i first analyzed this today among all the authentic facts we have on the banjo i don't know whether some of you have read the history of the banjo first and foremost The body of all the facts we have from the Caribbean countries, from the Latin American countries, and from mainland America, which is USA, the body was God or Calabas. When you look at the halam, I have studied the halam all over Africa. I have not been, uh, there's no country in Africa that plays the halam that I have never been. The halam has never been a God or a Calabas, unless if the new world a bad halam, and put a calabash, but the African concept of calabash is always wood, and you can see it for yourself. Secondly, all the facts we have on the banjo, from the Caribbean countries up to mainland America, the bridge is removable. It is a footed bridge, and it's removable. Bridge of the Halam. Is peg. Is not removable. That's another fact. False five Facts on the on the history of the bangle. Thirdly, all the facts we have on the bangle has a long neck, and not only a long neck, but the neck punctured the calabas or penetrated through the body of the calabas. Look at the hala and tell me if the stick is penetrating the calabar. When you look at even the picture of the dancer, which is the only real testing we have, when you look at it, the stick punctured the calabars, unless you have blind eyes. But all the scholars of the Western scholars, both America and Europe, said this was the father of the Bible until year 2000. And the most striking facts of all is the play style. And I give some of you, maybe I'll give Tony, who is my friend here, to read. The best scholars that we go by who said they saw the banjo, and even Thomas Briggs. If you read the history of the banjo, Thomas Briggs was not only a scholar, but a banjo uh, player as well. He wrote exactly what he saw when the Anglo-Americans took over in the 1840s, because Joel Walker Sweeney was the first white American to play the banjo professionally and publicly. The blacks were not allowed to play it publicly. They were only confined in the plantations. So when Joel Walker Sweeney stole the culture of the banjo, came out and started playing it publicly, everybody in America called him the father of the banjo. And he is the most controversial person in the history of the Banjo because he never said the fact to the people that he learned this from the slaves. But when we studied Joel Walker Swin, when I researched Joel Walker Swin, Joel Walker Swin was born in Buckingham County in Virginia in the 1810 or 1820s. He learned from the slaves how to play this instrument because he was playing with them. Joel Walker Swinney to me cannot be the father of the banjo because all the authentic facts we have on the banjo, the earliest mention of a banjo-like instrument in the New World was in 1854. Joel Walker Swinney was born in 1654. Joel Walker Swinney was born in 1820 or 1810. How can somebody who was born in 1810 be the father of an instrument that was in 1654? so the facts never are done. So, I would like him to read. The Stroke style is the oldest style we have registered and is authentically approved by all scholars. That was the original style used on the banjo. Until 19, in the 1920s, when Al Scott, an American, wanted to transform the heritage of the banjo to be an American heritage, he brought the bluegrass. The bluegrass is a young style. And all authentic researchers, all renowned scholars, know that the blue style is not the original style of the band. I have met blacks. The last one I met was Thomas Thomas Johnson in North Carolina, who just died last year. He's one of the few African-Americans I met who still use the stroke style, and he learned it from his father. So you can read what the scholar said, and I will demonstrate.
0: Briggs, in the structure of 1855, describes playing as follows. Playing with the thumb and first finger only in the
2: right hand. Are you. Okay, hold only there. Come on, repeat it.
3: Only
0: the thumb and the first finger only with the right hand.
2: The thumb and the fourth finger only of the right hand. Yes. The
0: fifth string is touched by the thumb only. Yes. This string is always played open. The other strings are touched by the thumb and first finger. The strings are touched by the ball of the thumb and the nail of
2: the first finger. OK. What is the ball of the thumb here? This is all what we scholars accept as the ball of the thumb and the nail of the first finger. You can see. speaking wrong English, maybe it's not my language, you correct me. When he say, partly partly, close the hand, what does he mean? Is it like this? Okay, go ahead.
0: (laughs) Allowing the first finger to project a little in advance of the other.
2: Allowing the fourth finger. Now, if I'm using wrong, you tell me, you (laughs) correct me. Is it not so? Hold the fingers firm in this position. Hold the finger firm, okay? open, and it's called in banjo reside language the drone string. The drone string, when you hear anybody using the stroke style or claw hammer, is exactly in the fifth, five string banjo, the same function. I have seen African-Americans play the same god banjo, and there was no difference. Even Bella Fleck, as he said, who is one of the renowned banjo scholars and banjo performers in the whole of the United States? When he came to Gambia to, to recite on this, to see whether what he heard about me is true, he was shocked. He told me he has been all over the world, have not seen an instrument that looks like the banjo more than the economy. What I'm trying to say here is this. The history of the Banjo cannot be separated from slavery. And this is where most scholars went astray. They did not know much about slavery. The history of the Banjo has strong connection with what happened in the Senegambian region in 1445, when the first Europeans who were the Portuguese Came to Africa to look for slaves to help them develop the new world that they were in, which is the Americas. They needed Africans to help them grow the tobacco they need, the cotton, the sugar plantation, and more importantly, the rice. When I studied the rice culture in America during my MBA, America had never had a rice culture of growing culture. Where did they learn it from the slaves? And today, they are selling Africa rice. What happened when they came to the Senegambian region? Because this was the first area they hit in the whole of Africa. And Gambia and Senegal was the most vulnerable countries in the whole of the region. Why? Because of the navigability of their rivers. The river Gambia, despite the fact that Gambia is one of the smallest countries in West Africa, has the most navigable river in the West African region. The river is the same thing. This is the map of my people. This is where they caught most of my people. You go to the Senegambian region today, the Jolas are number one in rice cultivation rice products there is no ethnic group in the region <coughs> when i went to charleston north carolina to look at the slave rice fields which they preserve now as museums, i saw exactly how my father used to grow rice because there is no difference what happened when i asked my father what happened with the dollars because Jolas, according to history, were the forced to settle in Gambia and Kasamas, according to African oral history. But today we are the minority. Why? That answer came out when I finished my research. The Jolas are coastal people. When you go to Gambia, you will see for yourself. They live along the river because they grow rice and tap palm wine. And my father told me during those days of slavery, we, they didn't understand. A strong light used to come out from the sea towards them when they are along the coast playing and growing their eyes. And all of a sudden when they go, run away because this strong light comes to them in the form of surprise because the beginning they believe it's a devil passing away all of a sudden it comes to invade them and they run in the morning when they wake up they try to look for their musicians and nobody would find them they go back to the places where they used to play but they will see footprint of shoes and call that devil's foot and identify that place that nobody should play there again because the devil will take you and just disappear with you not knowing that the slave masters were doing this. So, this is still a legend in the Jordans. Even my father still believed until he died that the devils were taking most of these accounting players. But from 1750 to 1850, if you read authentic banjo history, there was all over the Americas the music of the banjo. The same instrument was reported by those. Euro-Americans who were visiting those areas. Almost the same construction, almost the same dance, and almost identical name. Like some call it banjo, some call it bansa, some call it banjo, some call it bango. But it's almost banjo. But nobody could know when the result came. After so many years, when the slaves were free, And the researchers started coming to find out, because the banjo, as we all know, is the foundation of all modern folk music we have today. The blues, the jazz, the country music. The first instrument that was used to play this in the Appalachian Mountains was the banjo. It is now that all this music is used by all these electrical guitars and many people. When I lecture my lecture in, in Sweden, My research and ask people who started the blues. They tell me the animals, the beetles, the rolling stones. Britain was exposed to the blues culture in 1958 when Muddy Waters visited England. Read your history and find out. Britain never had a blues culture. It was Muddy Waters who visited here in 1958 and exposed the blues culture.
1: Do you mind if I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, you have two uh, instruments here, two conting. Yes. And um, one of them, the smaller one,
4: you said was your father's.
2: No, this one. Oh, this is your father's. Yeah. And so,
1: what is it? What? Tell us about the difference between these two different.
2: When you look at the bundle, this one. about these yeah that is the modern banjo but these are the two old pictures we have on the banjo this is from Suriname a northern South American country and this is from Haiti these are the two old pictures we have of God and this is why I brought two because in Jolas, this is Kahem. You have the round god or the round calabas, and the oval calabas, which they use to tap their palm wine. It's used as a bottle. Before the invention of the bottle, these were the gods they used to carry their palm wine. So this is a tofen in Jola, which is called a bottle, and this is Kahem, which is just like a plate. But they are all a content. So you can even see, when they went to the new wall, they constructed both at the same time. Some in Suriname preferred the round one, some in Haiti preferred the oval one, but they are all the same. Yeah, any more questions? Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to on
0: Daniel's
1: <coughs> Well, um, Daniel, it's interesting you say that, that um, this type that I'll back up. You say that this type of uh, yeah. lute, yeah. which is the wall of call and the Mandekol, call, well, contimo which actually, interestingly enough, yeah. is like akwanting, Yeah, it's exactly the same word. But um, this this instrument, um, you are right. Of course, it has it's, it has many different. Uh, construction features from the equantine, uh, particularly the bridge, which which is actually detachable but not in the same way. Um, and of course this instrument is played by the hereditary musicians, the griots, and the jola, you don't have hereditary musicians. <coughs> yeah,
2: right? Yeah, that is interesting. Um, as I said, when the scholars started studying this instrument, they forgot what we call the cultural context of this, this instrument. Because to the African, these instruments, the cultural context, that is the cultural <coughs> function of these instruments, is very important to the society. But to the average European, Euro-American scholar, this is not understood by him or her because they see them as those instruments. The halam, I, even if I play this to, to the level of the halam card, which they call the griots in the English language, or uh, in the French language, I cannot be accepted as a halam card or a griot. Why? Because it's just like today, if I come here and say I'm a lawyer, you will ask me which bar did you pass, isn't it? That's the same thing. The halam is only played by what we call the professional creote in Africa who are our historians, who, who, who preserve our history, our empire's history, our king's history. Before the Roman Empire, Africa had many empires. But today, when you talk of empires, it's only Roman Empire hear. The Romans studied how to build empires from the Africans. The first documented empire of Africa is the Ghana Empire. From there, demanding empire, the Songhai Empire, and on and on. But today, people only talk about the Roman Empire, which is an empire imitated from the empires of Africa.
1: But Daniel, if I may comment on this, the here we have up here we have the Gimri, which is, as you know, it's the instrument played by the Ganawa Brotherhood, the Sufi Ganawa Brotherhood. <coughs> That's really now, interesting. This this instrument is related to the goni, etc., etc., And it's of the different family. But this one is not used for history. And this one was also brought to Morocco by slaves. Exactly. So I'm not entirely sure that I agree with your theory that this instrument has no relationship to the banjo.
2: No, I'm not saying it's not relationship. Oh, okay. What I'm saying is, we did not come out anywhere where this thing is documented. I cannot, I have not found it yet that the halam or a god that is of wood has been used in the new world as a banjo. Mm-hmm. That document, that fact, that information, throughout my 25 years of intensive research, I have never seen any. All eyewitness of the banjos uh, uh, playing in the plantation mentioned that he has seen a wooden banjo. All I saw is
1: a gold But could you not banjo. imagine that there would be more difficult to have the carving tools? To, to, because this is, this is carved out of a single piece of wood. You have to cut down the wood. You have to carve it. Would that have been possible?
2: I did not deny that, culture? but what I'm saying is I am working on concrete evidence. I'm not working on mental conceptions. But people who believe that they exist there can go by their theory. But why I am denying the halam is, first, the banjo throughout the Americas, both in America and in the Caribbean countries and in Latin America is a dance, danceable instrument with nothing augmented or subordinated. That's the that. halam cannot be. The, Gnawa, that, that is the Gnawa, is not played like their country. We have studied it. It has no stroke style. If you go to uh, Morocco, these Africans, because the Gnawa is only played by people blacker than even me. They are not even, there is no white Arab playing the Gnawa, which is interesting, because before they were assuming that this culture is Arab because of the Gnawa. But the Gnawa people, when I studied them, they admitted when Morocco was invaded by the Arabs, because Morocco is an African country, but the Arabs invaded it in the seventh century. The dominant, the dominant culture of the Arab forced these people to speak Arab, but they were Africans. They are the indigenous people. is just like the Aborigines in, in Australia. These people are not known. Because they are suppressed by the white Arabs. But they are the only musicians. But the way they play it is not stroke style. This is why the Gnawas are not, the instrument is not accepted. If you want, you can do the research. Go to Morocco and see how they play it. It's not the stroke style. What we are arguing here is it can look like they are but the style of playing, is what is important here. And what is documented there is what is important here.
0: Can I ask, um, one, I think one thing that's quite interesting, which might be worth discussing is, um, as you say, the is uh, is the griot instrument. Yeah. The is is is, a, is is a democratic instrument. Exactly. Is a democratic instrument. Exactly. Which any, any jolla can play. Yeah.
2: Anybody, not now, only jola. Now, I wonder
0: Jona. if it's interesting that traditionally, some historians of music, have looked at, at the research they've done has often been among griot cuts And therefore, so that may influence the role they see in the Khabar. Whereas, perhaps, both instruments can have a role in forming the back yeah. style in the new world. Well, but it depends on how you do your research and whether you do it with, with
2: Well, to, to answer your that question, the African folk culture or loot culture has never been a culture that, <coughs> That one says it does not intertwine or does not share and um, mingle with each other. When you go to the Senegambian region today, when jolas are playing, you will see mandinkas coming. Some will even come with some of their instruments and join. When jolas when mandingas are playing, you see jolas coming. And even th- you see most of the dances of Mandinka dance, do, and you have been to Gambia, are very identical to Gola dance. And this is because they share. So I did not deny in the plantations, there were all these mixed cultures. But what I'm saying is the most documented one was the accounting. Why, I don't know. But to another theory of mine, when you go to the Senegambian region today, Still, the Jolas are the people still proud of their culture in any form. I don't know whether you you can support me on that. Why? Because most of the other uh, ethnic groups, and you can go to Gambia or Senegal and decide, because of Islamization, the culture of music is dying every day. Islam does not accept music as a culture in their religion. The, the Mandinkas are losing their culture of music because it is called haram. In Mandinari, when I was a child, every christening you will see the Koran. Today, the Imam of Mandinari does not allow Koran to be played in christening. Why? Because he said the Koran does not accept it.
1: Danielle, that's, that's, a very, that's really sad. Really but sorry, don't here. you know that? Did you? No, find I that? haven't been to the Gambia since 1998, yeah. but I used to be there I frequently. See. But I have to, but <coughs> but uh, I have to say that that may be true for Mandinari, but it's not true further inland, um, where the chorus is still played. I mean, it you yeah, know. Yeah, what what I'm
2: saying is
1: not everywhere that yeah, is. Yeah, but what what I'm Muslim saying is culture. the
2: Islamized. <trans�> Religions at the moment, the Islamized ethnic groups at the moment are the ones losing the culture faster than the non Islamized uh, ethnic group. When you go to the Jolas, they are not Islamized 100%. When you go to the Balantas, the Manjagos, everything is intact. But yes, when but you I'm come to sure the Wolofs. I can
1: entirely blame that on Islam.
2: Yeah, but it is not accepted. It's, uh, I'm sorry I to think
0: tell there you. Are other factors. You want to comment on Jola culture? Yes, I
1: mean Jola culture. Uh, you know, the, as far as I, as far as I always heard when I was in the Gambia, the Jola, as you said, were the indigenous people. They were the people who first lived there, um, and they have, they are, uh, you are, um, not hierarchical in the way that the Mandé are or the Wolof are. Um, and so again, you don't have these uh, these uh, artisan groups you have to be born into, so you don't have to be born a musician in order to play music. And, and it's a much more democratic society. This is my outsider's understanding of Jola culture. Also, it has a very, in, musically it's a very, very rich culture. Uh, with this incredible drumming, which is four tuned, highly tuned drums, three or four highly tuned drums played by one person, um, uh, like almost like conga drums, incredibly uh, skilled drumming with remarkable dancing, um, a, a lot of it just on one leg, uh, which is very, very difficult to do. And, um, and and a lot of the Jola rhythms and melodies have been adopted by the Mandinka in Casamance. And you know, you have <coughs> many songs like Sabari, uh, which are based on Jola rhythms, which have the rhythms of Bugara, But it, nevertheless, Jola music and Jola culture seems to me not to be represented at the national level um, to the extent that it deserves to be. So it seems to me that Jola culture has, has not had anything like the exposure that Wolof culture has had. And yet even Wolof culture borrows from Jola culture. So, you know, whereas M- Mande music is very well known around the world, you have lots of Grammy nominations and awards for Mande musicians, where are the Jola musicians? Why is this, why has this happened? Why has Jola music and Jola culture not received the recognition Well, that, um,
2: that answer is very simple to me. When you look at the way colonialism divided Africa, <coughs> They selected, in any nation, one, group, one ethnic group to be the dominant culture. That was why in Rwanda we had that catastrophe. In the Gambia, when they came, who did they take? The Wolofs. The Wolofs were the first to be allowed to go to school. They are the minority, but they are the dominant culture today because of what? They were the first to go to school. So they promoted their culture. So they dominated all the institutions of decision making. It's, 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 it's logical in any society if you give one person power and the rest you suppress them, they will do the same. In the Gambia, the Wolof were the dominant culture for about 40 years. Then all of a sudden it came a U-turn. A person from the countryside, a Mandinka, became president. He did the same thing. He promoted his culture for 30 years. Now we have a Jola. We will see what will happen.
1: <laughs> but mm. he's the Jola in the 1980s.
2: Well, the Jola culture is very interesting, and I would advise any sociologist to study it. It's a democratic culture. In the Jola culture, I found more priests, women priests, than men. In the Jola we don't have any hierarchy. You come to the Wolof, to the Mandinkas, to the Folas, to the Sereris, you have kings, you have the worker, and you have the slave. They still have slaves, although they don't have them as the Western world have. These are what they call in Mandinka the jungles. I don't know whether you know. Yeah. They are not entitled to any hierarchy. You can always be a slave. You have what you call the griots. There are also people who play music, but they are not recognized as high people. You cannot ask a foro, a Mandinka foro, to play music, even if he wants to play music. He will tell you that's an inferior culture. I cannot go to that level. But go to the Jola culture. It's horizontal. The Jolas, we don't have kings. We have leaders, but leaders among equals. Mm-hmm. A dollar leader cannot make, even it's interesting, you go to customers. In the Gambia, we have landlords you, play, you pay tax to in the villages. They call them alcalos. In the customers, there's nothing matter. Land is divine. Nobody owns land to the Jola concept of land uh, ownership. Danielle, if, I, no.
1: if you'll allow me to um, ask you another question. Um, I mean, what about the the political situation in Casamance and the uh, separatist movement? Um, I think the Jola have also suffered enormously as a result of that.
2: Yeah, but there's a reason for that, too. Casamance has never been part of Senegal, although many people think Casamance is part of Senegal. When Senegal had its independence in the 60s, Senghor was the first president. He appealed to Casamance, because Casamas has never been part of Senegal. It was a province. But they were working together. But when they had independence, Senegal needed Casamas because it's the most fertile region in it's the whole the
1: bread region. basket <clears throat> in Senegal. It's, huh? it's the bread basket. Exactly. In Senegal.
2: So Senghor came to Casamas and told them that he needs Casamas <laughs> to join them. Kassama said no, but he said, okay, don't leave the country now. I will give me 20 years before you leave so that I can organize Senegal. The 20 years came, he refused, <clears throat> the Senegalese government refused to give them their independence, they went into war. That is why they are still in war. But Casamas has never been part of Senegal. But the agreement they made. Senegal's government violated the, the agreement, and this is why today they are fighting, and they are still fighting.
0: Daniel, can I just ask you a question about um, one of the, this event is also co-sponsored by World the Histi- World Imper- Imperial World History Seminar for the Institute of Historical Research. And your research tells us a lot about the way in which music and culture can tell us a lot about history, often a lot more about history than traditional historical sources Perhaps you can talk a little bit about how your research has helped you to think harder about and understand more about the Jola culture and the cultures in the Americas also, through music and culture. Yeah, um, anyway. And then you can play some music pieces. In fact, why don't we have a piece of music and then you can think about oh, okay, okay. it. <laughs> While you're playing your
4: piece of music. Thank you.
2: Father taught me this song because Gambia and Senegal was one country until when colonialism separated us, and it's a sad event because you go to Senegal or go to Gambia, you have to struggle through paperwork and all this bureaucracy at the border before you see your brother and father or sister in the nearest country. That we are all one in culture, world one in everything. It's sad. So he is saying that, why these borders, when we can get rid of them and be united as we were before.
1: And of course it should have been, uh, Guinea-Bissau should have been part yes. of the yeah. same.
5: There are two ways of thinking about what happens when culture travels. OK, so you have one way of thinking where you think about how culture diffuses. So you, know, you get a particular line and move somewhere else and move somewhere else. And it stays more or less the same. And there's another way of thinking about how culture moves where you ask questions about how, as it moves, it changes in response to the other kinds of cultural influences on that spot. So I mean, for example, if I was thinking about an instrument like the steel drum, the steel drum is obviously something that's related to the balafon. It's something ultimately that's related to the umbira. It's part of, part of that kind of family of tuned percussion instruments, which comes across the, the Middle Passage uh, to, to, to the New World from, from Africa. But something happens in that translocation. So, you know, what you have with the steel drum is a musical instrument which is also influenced by the harmonics of the piano. Uh, and by the playing styles of European instruments, which have also been part of that relationship. So, I mean, I guess my, my, my question to you would be, when we look at the New World banjo, I'm sure you're absolutely right about this, this, this provenance. And yet, something else there is going on, and that you know, you've got a, a kind of forms of exchange mm-hmm. of cross fertilization with you know, guitar playing styles, piano playing yeah. styles, uh, that there are also kind of feeding into that, and I wondered, you know, how, how you how you respond to
2: that? Well, during the course of my research, I saw that um, the banjo, as I have been saying to everybody, is an evolved instrument. Mm. It's not an instrument that how they were making it in Africa is exactly how they were making it. They use some of the influences they were within themselves because the African culture has never been a static culture. It is an evolving culture. So for me, for the accounting to evolve to any level in the new world would not be my surprise. (coughs) There was a time when these enslaved Africans had the possibility to mingle with the Irish. There was a time in the Irish world when their potato was a hunger to them. They had to migrate to Americas and they were called endangered farmers.
4: They
2: mingled with the slaves. And this is why the culture of banjo is rampant in the in
5: the the Irish culture. Hmm. Some people say the harp. The Irish harp also has a kind of, uh, you
2: know. But when you look at even why the accounting Hmm. became even a dominant instrument now, not only the play style, not only the construction, but even the dance. Hmm. There's a dance in the Americas, which is called clocking. I don't know where people have that, know that kind of dance. You can only find that dance in the dollars. Clocking is like this. When you look at Americans doing clocking (coughs) today, they do like this. But go to the dollars and see them dance the dance which they call Esiba with their content. A S I B A. Anybody who goes to customers, ask them. The Esiba, you start with this. Right? Then. This is the Esiba. You go to clocking, there is no difference. They do like this, 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 do like this. Do like this. It's footing. Mm-hmm. The, body done, the body drumming, the, the, the slaves were denied drumming at one time because why they communicate. But that did not prevent them from drumming. They were using their hands. When you go to these Americans, they call it patting. You go to the golas. What do they do? <coughs> but they also
1: have their clappers, don't they? Exactly. And they do two against three. Daniel, I can I can I show a little bit of this? Yeah. You see. So this is at a festival in Kazamas.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's Bugaram. I right. Look at the rhythm. Look at the drumming. See? See? That's footy. That's footy. America there is a footing. The others have done this many generations.
1: those drums, yeah. and the pitch of those drums, the very deep one, I mean they're beautifully tuned, and it's such free, free drumming, it's improvisational it's absolutely extraordinary yeah. and it's not, and you know and Yusundur, the great uh, Senegalese superstar, his drummers they all use, they all borrow, they all draw on Bugarab, but it's not acknowledged
4: it's still- Samuel, can I ask? Yeah.
0: Do you think? I mean, I think there seems to be a general agreement in what you said, and what you said, and what I said that the accounting is a very important instrument, but it evolves in the new world. It's it, it interacts with other traditions. But do you think that one of the reasons, and the and the and the dancing, that one of the reasons that the Jola culture is strong in in that interaction is because it's democratic? Because, yeah, as, you, as um, you explained, this is not a hierarchical culture. Exactly. Unlike, unlike some of the other
2: cultures Exactly. I believe when they went to the New World, they were inviting everybody to join them. But other cultures, as I said, were more preserved or reserved to only people of their distinct um, And in the Banjo culture too, we found out that this thing is spoiled now. They use bones. I don't know some of you who studied the Banjo culture to accompany their banjo music. The accounting, this is the bone, And when I went to the stage, the sound sounds very identical with the (coughs) bones they use. The accounting player has somebody to play this as accompaniment in the music. And it's a Jola culture, it's a Jola instrument. So to me, the similarities are very powerful and very many. And uh, from the dancing, from the instrument, from everything, their content has played a very major role. And I could not understand how the scholars miss it because it was there in the Jola culture. Um, they miss it.
1: Can, can I, I'd like to say something about that? And, uh, I've. I recently have been doing a bit of work on Ali Farcature, you know, the great Malian so-called desert blues man. Um, and what I've found is, and I've, I'm looking at the relationship between the blues and Mali, because so many Malian musicians claim that blues has very strong roots in Mali. And what I, I have found, Danielle, and I wonder, I'm interested in what you would think about this, mm-hmm. is that there is, a, there is a tendency to reject evidence, um, which is sometimes intuitive evidence, by musicians like Ali Falkaturre, who felt the first time that he ever heard the music of John Lee Hooker and Muddy Waters, he he was struck by, the, f- the first time he heard it, he thought, this is, this is our music. This is our music sung in a different language. But that kind of intuitive feeling of a uh, common, common ground is generally rejected by scholars, and they never go beneath the surface to find out what the real commonality is. And I sensed that you were saying something like that in the beginning of your talk, when you were saying um, that you know, your, your evidence has not been taken seriously.
2: Well, um, <clears throat> I have all the internet imprints that I got my first two years when I completed this from the Swedish university. And even my Swedish research director, who is Ulf York Force, who has one of the largest collections in Europe. I have never met a Bangor researcher like him. When he endorsed me in the year 2000, the first comment I got from the American scholars was he should take me to America to defend my research. I was flown from Stockholm to a hotel in Boston, Massachusetts. We arrived half past nine in the evening. The whole hotel was filled with journalists. Nobody has ever heard of me, never heard of their content. That was the biggest challenge of my academic <coughs> Wolf denied them to interview me because the journey took a long time and I was tired. In the morning, before I could eat breakfast, the hall was already full. When I went there, there were 50 renowned scholars, only one African-American. The rest were white. I was given two hours to present my facts and my distance. When I left them, I was shocked to see that they wrote and said, I fabricated this instrument to fool the world. For two years, they could not accept my research, because I was never known as a Banjo scholar. I was never known as a historian or or musicologist. And they said, it cannot be possible to come out with such strong facts. When the banjo was recited for almost 40 years by Renowned scholars. In the year 2006, we went, 15 of us, to the Senegambian region. After they studied my reside for six years, and they invited us with my reside director, we went. We spent one week in Gambia, one week in Kasamas, one week in guinea That was when they were convinced. What I told them. The people exist and the instrument was not my fabrication. So it's now left to them. I am now in the Gambia. I left Sweden, a beautiful country, well developed. I was living there for 25 years. But I told the Swedish government, I thank them for all what they have done for me. I am going back to live in the bush only to preserve my instrument and nothing else. Let me die, and all the accounting uh, players take me with this to the grave, yeah. OK, let's, Shall
0: we open yes. it up for questions now? Would anyone like to ask a
3: question of Daniel and or Lucy? On what we've done? There's one, I mean, I'm coming from the, the banjo player end of things, and I'm wondering why I play an industrialized accounting rather than an industrialized zala. You say that your father made that one, and accounting players typically make their own instruments. Do the Griots make their own own instruments? Yes. So there wouldn't be, there would have been people who got off those boats in America who knew how to make those, but those didn't survive the Americas, but those did.
1: Well, there are there are a number of issues here. One is according to according to oral tradition, um, and I don't know how much of this has been verified, but um, Griots were never enslaved. There you go. Which doesn't mean that the memory of this instrument something that I've written about, could not have stayed in people's minds. But you still really? had to know how to make one. The well, people who well, knew how thing to make is one were the, the people who
3: played them and they didn't get enslaved.
1: Well, one one yeah. thing is, yes, they are made by griots and, and one thing is the, the, the carving out of the, of the piece of, single piece of wood. But I'm Yes, I mean, I would
0: I would agree with that. Uh, the, the evidence does show that griots weren't enslaved. Uh, and there were very good reasons for that. They were the royal historians. They, 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 they were essentially dependence uh, and they were essential parts of the kingdoms his, the narrative of itself of the various kingdoms of plus, plus
1: also they were these were people with an enormous amount of knowledge and the gift of the gap and and you know that could have been dangerous amongst yeah. us. So uh, but I think your point is a very is a very
0: interesting one it, 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 I, 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 as came out of dental talk as well this is an instrument the people who use the domain so if they didn't go to the Americas then that's quite a strong suggestion for why as Daniel's talk suggested the input of the of the Khalan, isn't
5: as strong as some of the other ministry. I'm sorry I missed the first part of your talk. I get give what I've heard since I'm i I'm really very really sorry. Um, given what you Are you angry, sad, something else? And if you do have strong emotions, what role do they or should they play in the scholarship that you have, that you exemplify?
2: Well, um, for me, I was not angry. What I was always interested (coughs) in and why I left my career, which I could have lived comfortably, because in the Gambia you can count how many MBAs we have. It's not a cheap degree. But what made me frustrated was the true history of music was not written. The people who own the heritage were denied their heritage. and This was why I came in, sacrificed my 25 years to correct the history of the banjo. Because before I came in, as I said, before year 2000, the banjo history was confused with Confused legend, with confused theories, backed with very powerful scholars. That the African, even there was at a point that it was even mentioned that the slave did not play the instrument, which was really a level I could not understand. So I sacrificed my 25 years. And now the, the other scholars whom you know were confused in the beginning of my research, but after 10 years now of studying my research, they are writing me back to say, well, they have seen what they have not seen when I first introduced the instrument. Because my facts are not only the instrument, the dance, the cultural aspect of it, the design aspect of it, the, um, the play style aspect of it. It covers everything. So for one to just mention one fact and say, this is the banjo, just mention one fact, this is not enough to me. It has to be complete, because we are looking for something. And as I tell every scholar, it's not a mental conception. When I talk, they write beautiful philosophy of their English. I can understand. It's not my language. If I write Jolas, they will never read it. But I know this culture better than them, because it's part of me. I was born in the Senegambian region, school in the Senegambian region, both informal and formal education. My father used to tell me, if you don't back your formal education with your culture, you will never be creative enough. Today, when I tell people with my MBA, I'm going to create only economic products related to my culture, they laugh, because they have never had people with an MBA do that, an MBA in the Gambia, and he can witness me. If I was to work under the Minister of Finance, I will have a pajero free, <laughs> bensin or petrol free, telephone free. My children will all be going to school, paid by taxpayers money. This is the mentality of Africans when we have this. We don't go back to our culture. This is why Africans are still imitators and not creators, because we reject our culture. To be able to be creators, we must connect our formal education with our culture, yeah. and then produce.
0: Can I ask, that connects to something I said in the introduction to your talk, which was citing Amil that for a genuinely independent post-colonial Africa, you have to go back to culture. Is that something which is still <clears throat> very important
2: Yes, and I have written, thank God, the vice president of this Gambia today was my classmate in university. I said to me, I said. So I have very good access to top government this time. When I went and sat with her, she could understand my project today in the Gambia. But sadly, they have no funds, but I told her, I just need your support, moral support. Thousands of Gambians are dying, youths are dying just to come to Europe, in the seas of Europe. Because of what? They have no opportunities in their countries. It's sad. We the intellectuals must try to create possibilities for them. We cannot be selfish just because we made it and we sit in Europe. It's going to. Europe became Europe because Europeans fought and worked hard. America became America because America worked hard. although the slaves laid the foundation. Africa, Africans must work for it. There's no magic, there's no go around about it.
1: But Daniel, how much do you blame this on the politics of the, you know, the, very, the unstable and unfortunate politics of your country and of the region?
2: The politics of Africa is all the same, whether Gambia, Senegal, Guinea-Bissau. Maybe to the West, some countries are democratic, some not. To me, all countries in Africa. Follow the pattern of the West, which is in the first place wrong. America, which was created by England. They are not copying an England parliamentary way of doing business. They have Senate, you have Parliament. They have American English, you have British
4: English.
2: <coughs> Why should Africa copy everything from the West? China, in 1949, when Mao came and made the Cultural Revolution, the West said China was a useless nation because Mao came with a useless philosophy. Today, China, with the stick, is an economic product. They are eating with sticks. Nobody dares to criticize them. It's an economic product. They export it all over. Africans we eat with hands, people laugh. But it's more natural than eating with your hands. We must define our own way. The African economy is controlled by aid. I studied economics in the West. Aid cannot develop Africa. Why? You are structured. When I give you aid, I mention to you what to do and what not to do. The African government must come with their own way of economy Control the economy. Foreign investment in Africa is dominating African investment and African economy. We go to America; the foreign investment is controlled. You cannot come from anywhere and become a businessman in America. You cannot influence politics when you are in in business in America. You go to Africa; the businessman is dictating the government. We cannot continue with that. It cannot go.
6: Would like to ask a questions? Yes. Thank you very much for your talk. I've got a, a question about um, how the New World Banjo was brought back to West Africa. Um, was the instrument that developed in the Caribbean and America uh, taken back to West Africa? And if so, when and by whom and how? Was it used in high life music in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, for example?
2: I've quite. Acquired-
6: Wife, okay.
2: Okay, in Nigeria. Can you please?
1: <laughs> okay. What well, the question is: When did the American banjo mm-hmm. return? When was it returned in inverted commas to Africa? When did, it, did, it when did the American version of the akonting go back to Africa? That's his. And did it
0: influence popular African music in Nigeria. For
2: well, um, that part, I don't know much. Um, all I know is the American folk, modern folk music we have today, both in America and Africa, all scholars believe started with the, with the banjo, either from America or somebody from Africa. But before the modern, ban- modern folk music we have today, which you call blues and jazz, and uh, also like country music. I have written a research and a book called "Pre-Blues Blues." The African before he went to the New World was already playing blues and jazz. In fact, world jazz is being studied now. There's a <coughs> word in Wolof called jazz, which many researchers are now beginning to believe is the word that's going to become jazz, because jazz is just. Spontaneous music is not something you think about. You just think and, and, and play something and one time it's finished. It's called jazz. So many people say blues and jazz started in America. Well, it is documented that it started as a Delta blues. And even that blues, not too much documentation has been made. Because when you ask really who started blues really in the, in the Americas or in America, was Son House was one of the first American, African American. Robert Johnson, Son House, Muddy Waters. But when you talk of today blues and jazz, it's just people you hear about, Elvis Presley or Rolling Stones or animals or something. These people are never mentioned or they are mentioned on rare occasions. But Son House is one of the few old African Americans who is well documented today as the people who started the Mississippi Delta. And that blues is what we play often now.
1: I I think the banjo, this type of banjo, by the way, I just put this up because I thought you might enjoy this uh, rather wonderful, this was given to me by Taj Mahal, you can see there. Let's see if I can... There he is. There's Taj Mahal. Um, This is 1990. This is Basseku Kuyate from Mali, who's now very well known. Um, And that was his first trip ever out of Mali, and he suddenly found himself at um, a banjo convention (laughs) surrounded by 400 people who played this instrument, which he felt very strongly was related to to the Ngoni. Uh, but um, in answer to your question, as far as we know, it was um, around about the 1920s Banjo began to, to come back to to Africa. Uh, and yes, it was used um, in high life. I don't think it was used very early on. I think it was certainly used in South Africa uh, in, in popular music. Um, now it's... Uh, become well. For instance, there's a Malian musician called Abib Kwate, who specifically chooses to use the banjo rather than the ngoni in his group because it's a it's a form of modern it's a way of modernizing his music. But I would say that in West Africa, the banjo has not been some it's not been a widespread phenomenon. Not like the guitar, which certainly has. Been has been guitar has been so much in- re-incorporated or incorporated into traditions that it that it's uh, a, a become a traditional instrument and played by the way in the same
3: way as these instruments. I just want to yes. say if the banjo did go back to Africa, it more more likely came via British colonialism than via America, because the banjo was much more popular in Britain in the late 19th, 20th century probably more popular than it was in America. But if you want to buy a second-hand banjo now, much easier to find an old English one than an old American one. No, that's
6: interesting. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, as a banjo player, I know there, there's a bunch of banjo players here today. Um, we, we always play second fiddle to the fiddle, and I'm getting a little bit of an answer to why that is from your excellent talk today. Um, the claw-hand banjo, that's mostly my friends here play. Um, If you're in an old-time band set up, we're very much following behind the fiddle. But what I've seen you playing today is very much like what i call lead banjo. And that's kind of just an observation about how things have (coughs) panned out, almost like a, um, some people call it mountain chamber music, you know, where we have a fiddle banjo guitar and bass in in that kind of pecking Um, order of seriousness unfortunately so that's just an observation and also sadly I've seen things like flat footing, bones, spoons, those kind of things which I feel are very clearly African have become very peripheral but I'm excited to see bands like you know the Carolina Chocolate Drops and bands like that bringing that stuff back into the centre again and I'm just wondering what your feelings about that as someone you've you seen well, plenty of old time bands it's, in, in, in It's Carolina. interesting. I met
2: the Carolina chocolate drops in 2005 when I went to applicant State University to present my war, because that's where you have the banjo culture in the whole of America. <coughs> and Rehanan, who is the leader of these chocolate drops, followed me to Gambia study the accounting culture, learn even how to play the accounting from my center. And I have good connection with her up till today. Well, it's sad, even when before I met Raina, my surprise, my brothers and sisters, the African-Americans, were running away from the Mm bank. It was too sad for me. I asked them why. They could not answer. Some of them could not answer. Some of them boldly said, it is a slave instrument. I said, why do you call it a slave instrument? This is your heritage. You should be proud of it. But they could not But my research, luckily, has done people like Ryan and now uh, to be more confident. Because the Banyu know, is not a slave instrument. I cannot run away from the banjo because it was played by my forefathers who were forced to be slaves. Whether Africans forced them to be slaves or Europeans, I don't accept it as a slave instrument. Because before it went to the New World, it was already established for almost 1,000 years with my people. This is the first artistic works of my people, the Joras, And it has strong meaning to me because why Today when you look at the Gambia, you can count how many people can construct this instrument. I have now written the full explanation on how to play it, how to construct it for the new generation who will accept this school I'm trying to build in the Gambia today. It is very sad we Africans and African Americans are running away from our history because of what people say. My father used to tell me, What you think of yourself is what you know of yourself. And what you know of yourself is either what you discover about yourself or what people tell you about yourself. If we allow people to tell us what we are, (coughs) we are always going to be primitive. Mm. We must discover, we must find out what we are. We must be subjects, not objects. And to my surprise, the African Americans did not recite the Bible and just accept what people told them about the bayou and ran away from the bayou. It's sad.
5: Um, I'd like to pick up on something that we were just talking about future generations and how you see the future of this style of music. I mean, looking at this picture, we've got Leon Masakuki-Arti in the middle of it, and now he's a world superstar playing Golden. All over the world to big audiences, so there's been a real renaissance in Manding uh, culture. I mean, however, any any band that you see on the road rooted in that kind of music will now have ngoni on stage being played. Do you see a similar thing happening in Gambia?
2: Well, not now, but um, as I say, <coughs> I have my five-year vision for the Gambia now with a very tight body. But I promise the Gambia government that within five years, if I am not there, I will make a cultural revolution in that country, not a political revolution. I'm not interested in politics. But I know there are economic products that can sustain Gambia that we must come out with from our cultural (coughs) Because they are there, I'll show you one. This is a model my center is making now. When I took this to Sweden, they were shocked. We go to Sweden, the basket, the fruit baskets are all plastic or other metals. Sweden is one of the countries I have seen that are very sensitive to environmental pollution. But they didn't have a solution yet. This can be one of their solutions. This product is all natural, we have enough material of it. But nobody has ever studied these people to respect their knowledge because we all went to school and think only reading and writing is knowledge. Reading and writing to me is a tool, it's not knowledge. Knowledge is when you can create things for yourself, but not the way I see, I don't know the system in Europe of learning, but the system in Gambia of learning and the whole Africa is just memorization of book facts. That to me is not knowledge. I there are other questions, I think. I was going to ask about the about content
5: the song that you explained before, so a sort of political theme to it. But I wanted to ask what, what the songs are often about, and who who plays with it, what other instruments, and when Can Do you explain again? Does the accounting
2: play
1: Well, um, he wants to know, first of all, what are, the, what, are you, what are the songs about? What are the traditional accounting songs okay. about? And, and also when are they played? And, and when are they, they playing? Play, What's they the play context? Play.
2: Okay, that's interesting. When we look at the Ngoni culture, most of the songs are a narrative of either historical events or praising somebody with economic stake. I don't know where you understand either. Mm-hmm. The accounting music is not for praising people because why the dollars in the first place don't have praising us? It's never our country. The accounting music is either to complement work. It's work song. We have work songs. We have funeral songs. We have love songs. We have songs that inspire bravery. You can be, there's a song called Sambu, and I was even surprised when I read the history of the banjo, Sambu was mentioned over and over in the literature of the banjo. Sambu played good banjo. When you go to Africa, the whole of Africa, not only Senegambia, the whole of Africa, the only people who have last name Sambu are the dollars who play this economy. Nobody else throughout our research. There is no researcher who could find another ethnic group with that family name. So I was not surprised. So you find out that dollar music is either work music, or love music, or music to inspire bravery, or music to inspire relationship, love relationship. We don't have any other. Kind of music to praise kings, to praise people, to try to create something that you are not. They, they don't sing like that.
1: At, at, at the risk of, of this turning into an accounting versus ngoni <coughs> discussion, um, I, I have to uh, say that this instrument does not only accompany accompany praise and historical songs there's a huge repertoire of what they call which means uh, songs of advice okay. and often these are very intimate songs very metaphorical songs songs which tell the story of uh, um, I don't know hunters in the bush but with animals which are actually metaphors for how people should behave or how husbands should behave with their wives and so on so I, I think it's dangerous to assume that this is an instrument that was only used to praise those in power. Okay, that's, that's pointing. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I wanted to this is sort of carry on my question as well. What, what other, is it played on its
5: own to a group of people? Yeah, that's the interesting
2: part of it. When we were studying also what instrument definitely was used by the slaves because they were not used to they were not allowed to use any other drum. The ingoni, as we have said, it has never been a percussive instrument, percussive enough to dance. Any Ingoni player will admit that before you dance the ingoni music, which is not danceable, but if you want to dance it, you must subordinate it with another instrument to give you the rhythm to dance because the melody is not for dance. But the accounting, like the banjo, is percussive enough to dance without any instrument. <coughs> and all the banjo players who are the banjo scholars who have been with me to Gambia, to Sacassumas, to Guinea-Bissau, have seen accounting players play only the accounting. And the music was so percussive that even the dancers have to dance with the the sound of the music. The bodily movement even passed with the percussiveness of the instrument. So that shows you some of the relevance of the facts we were looking for. Because a, an instrument that was not danceable could not be played, could not be used as the band was defined in the Caribbean countries until even the colonial masters have. To Stop them from dancing. Because they were not allowed to use instruments. That was why they were using their body to make drums.
1: Question. I noticed in the poster for your talk the picture of you, you're playing a much larger instrument.
6: That of God as well.
2: Yeah, the accounting has no standard as you have in your system of constructing instruments. Why? Because the bars can take any form. You can grow a bars, but you won't know in what form will they come out. So it depends on the size you want. Whether a big one or a small one, but they cannot you cannot control it because when they grow, when you grow them, you don't know the size it will take to mature. But you have to wait for it to mature, but that one I used was a larger calabash.
6: And what's the skin that you have? Is it a goat
2: skin? Yeah, the skin is goat skin. But we are studying now the skin that will give us the right sound, because some goat skins are not giving. According to our experiment now in my school, we are rejecting some some skins because of certain reasons. which I don't want to on the here. But we are now studying. And these are all going to be copyrights in the, in, the, in, the, in the center because we want to really make sure what has been going on in Africa, taking knowledge without permission can be, cannot be allowed anymore. But, um, but we are studying certain screens because we have observed that certain screens don't sound right. Yeah.
3: We have two questions at the front. End. Well, mine, mine's a comment on that one. Okay, yeah. The old mountain banjo maker, if you say that cat skin was the best. Have you tried that? No. It's <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 <laughs> the question, I suppose, for all three of you, because it's a good question. But, I mean, looking not westwards, but eastwards, what, are the, what is the relationship between the Akonking and the Kora and, say, a very ancient instrument like the Ood, You know, uh, the, the, which which in its form is, I mean, to my completely ignorant eyes, uh, you know, has some familial similarities to, to, to this this, to this kind of well, instrument, yeah. the wood and, the, you know, uh, these kinds of, of Near Eastern, uh, uh, Egyptian, you know, is there any relationship or any? any none. Uh, none, no. no. No, there's no organological no. relationship
1: uh, in terms of, you know, their having had a common origin or anything like that. Not at all. I mean, the kora is is actually a harp. A harp. Uh, it's not a. It's not a, an, an oud. The oud a is a lute, mm. um, a which harp. is and uh, the oud, as I'm sure you know, is al-oud. It I just means English. wood. Mm. It means wood. Mm. Um, and it, it is the origin of our lute, mm. but it, it has no. It, it was not taken to Sub-Saharan Africa sure. until does, much much later.
5: Does the form of these come from? An essence of necessity, you know. You make like early instruments. You make what you have available to you. So you've got calabashes yeah. and gourds. Well, and yes. Stims, so no, you, use you use
1: think local, local resources. I mean, the same as happening with the banjo. You
5: know, you started with a like in America, sort of a gourd banjo, and that turned into eventually sort of turned into the modern banjo. But you also have the Appalachian mountain banjos, which are basically a plank of wood with a whole cane you know, a cow or whatever, and a goat's skin. Um, cookies in banjos, similar sort of here or anything, anything you can find. You sure. but that's a very important point because one of the things about the gourd banjos is who is
0: growing the gourds mm. mm. where are they being grown? Well, if you know much about the history of the Americans you know they're probably being grown on the the, the, the food plots in in the of the slaves and the plantations. That's where they're going to be grown. So they're that tells us Yeah, that tells us quite a lot about the intersection of food history, music history. People. Just a comment on that. I'm sure I read somewhere that one of
6: the big drivers of moving from gourds to more modern better drivers was the production
5: cheese. Well
6: mass yeah, production cheese, easily available cheese hoops <laughs> which are packing it. You can take
5: oh.
0: those out and put a skin over it and get an do <laughs> No so you
2: do right measures no, so so as like well as a great grain
0: Anybody want to make any other comment or question? Daniel would you, you like to so finish with another piece? Piece or what? Can you finish can you can you give us a draw
2: I buy a song. Maybe a song. There's a song called Sambu. <coughs> and um, Sambu, as I mentioned in most of my research, is an old song. That he was one of the best wrestlers in the Yola community. And unfortunately, he fell one of his relatives down in the competition and he died. But this song was sung because he was so strong that they sang this song to him not to repeat that kind of accident again because wrestling was not something to kill a person. But this was just for fun. But unfortunately, he was so strong that this man died when he fell down. So it's called song, It's called Israeli. Oh, Sambu, oh, condomaya, oh, ye, as a Oh, Sambu, oh, condomaya, oh, ye, as a man oh, a man mucanyolan, condomay, 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 again because in in the gambia it's unfortunate here you don't have sun to greet it so i improvise i don't know whether this is going to work but um used
1: to use cigarette ash. when there was no sun
2: but when it is cold it's like that it's, it's, it's too the skin does not like cold weather much you know So I think I brought it in the wrong time in Europe. (laughs)
5: Tuning, or do you yes.
2: tune them to your voice, and how no. actually do you tune them using just round round? The accounting, interestingly, the golas had to make sure that they don't forget where it was first constructed and played in the Kasama's region, it's called Kanjanka. So to play the accounting, it must say Kanjanka, Kanjanka, that's the standard tuning. If he doesn't say Kanjang he cannot speak Yola. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he might speak English. Jonathan might have got fleeing. So that would be like C, E, D. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We'll find out
2: what the fretting is. There isn't any fretting. The second is the point. Yeah. yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously? Come on! <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll wreck it
4: out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you. you might a drawler my book of <laughs> 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 To my mother's side. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I think we've heard tonight that when it comes to the history of and the America's Music
2: Speaks. Thank you to Daniel and thank you to Lucy. Well, before I leave you, I will appeal to you people. We are looking for support in all kinds, either in workmanship, in uh, money, in any kind. If somebody is a carpenter, the center needs to teach these people how to use the natural resources around them. Unfortunately, some of you have not been to Africa. Some of our schools don't have even good chairs. Some children go home, they don't have a table to do their homework. So the center is going to try to see how they can address these village problems. Children going to home, going to their homes, don't have any chair or table to do their homework. They sit on the ground, put their books on the ground to make their homework. So we are looking for anybody who can help us in any kind. I have been working on this thing alone on my salary. I know it's hard now in the West to get money, but we don't need much. I am prepared to come out with certain local products that even if we don't export them, but can generate revenue in the Gambia context and the nearby countries. But we need something to start, with, little capital to start. With. So I'm appealing to some of you to look into this problem. And if anybody would
0: like to be involved, if they, if they can write to me at King's College London, I will put them in touch with Daniel. Uh, we are now going to... Thank you, Daniel. Dan. Um, and, and we are now <coughs> going to go for, as we usually do with one of the co-sponsor uh, organisations, the IHR seminar, we are going to go for dinner with Daniel and Lucy. Um, so you're we all welcome to join us. So we're going to go to an Ethiopian restaurant on Caledonian Road, Addis. We're going to go straight there, and uh, it's 52 to 54 kind of, so you will have to pay pay your own way. But we'll be more than delighted to see you there. With us. So we'll be we'll be reconvening there in about.
4: with a the tables look, of course, to it. Mm-hmm. So, thank you.